The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Sometimes vegans have the reputation of being bleeding hearts, of being so serious that we're not able to live full, normal lives, much less cut loose and really have fun. But that's not even a little bit true. When you've been in this a while, you come to see that things like shopping and dating are probably more important to mission-driven people than they are to anybody because we need to be re-energized to get out there and change this planet. So that's what we're going to be talking about today on the Main Street Vegan Program. We'll be getting into dating, speed dating (laughs) to be exact, in the second half of the program. And in the first half, we're going to be doing, gosh, something that's a favorite thing for a whole lot of people, and that is shopping. I'm Victoria Moran, the host for this program. Thank you so much for being with us today. You can find out more about what goes on in my world at MainStreetVegan.net. Lots and lots of things going on over there. I hope you will take a look. And also join the Facebook group, Main Street Vegan Podcast Listeners. Uh, It's private. It's fun. We have little giveaways and all kinds of great things. So it would be wonderful to see you there. So I said the S word, shopping. And how do we shop these days? We love to shop online. And when you're vegan, sometimes that can take a while. You have to do a little bit of research. Well, my guest says, no, you don't have to do any research at all because have we got a site for you. My guest is Alan Hochberg of um, Billion Vegans. BillionVegans.com. Elon is a serial entrepreneur and investor. He founded six startups, two of which were acquired, and two venture capital funds. Two years ago, he went vegan and founded Billion Vegans, the largest and fastest growing online marketplace for people who eat plants, save animals, and just might save this planet. Welcome, Elon. Thank you very much, uh, Victoria. 
Well, it's such a pleasure to have you on the program. I know that you travel all over the world. You're speaking to us today from L.A. You actually live in Israel. And what really jumped out at me in the information that I've read about you is how quickly you did this. It's almost like you you became vegan and the next day you started this incredible website. How did all that come about? Actually, it was a, it took a, it was a, a journey of six months. I became vegan like instantaneously. I have uh, six kids. Two of them are walking on four, uh, two amazing <laughs> dogs. And um, I was actually ignoring and trying to ignore all those uh, videos and uh, and um, pieces about uh, veganism and the phenomenal atrocious things that are done to animals on our planet and still awkwardly enough I I always love animals and pets and always had ones and um, for some reason I saw a really short clip about uh, the dog eating festival in Yulin and I became vegan in like two minutes suddenly and, and actually at that specific moment the two dogs were on me playing with me and I saw this movie and the coin dropped. It means I understood that there's no uh, difference between a cow, a lamb, or a dog. And the next day I threw, I threw all my wool and all my leather and I started this uh, journey that is not, uh, is not simple. It's quite a challenge. Even in Israel, which is considered to be like a vegan um, heaven, it's still very hard. So I had to learn all the uh, nutrition, clothing, everything from scratch. And I have a big family, and it was uh, quite a journey. Did the whole family change when you did? No, actually, they, they didn't. They are on the journey as well. But it requires some, some unique soil and maturity in order to allow this uh, vegan seed to grow in. Again, I'm super non-judgmental. I've been non-vegan for, again, 54 years until two years ago, and I'm the last person on earth that can actually judge other people for not being vegan. And they're taking their, they're respecting me, and they're going that way, but they're not vegan uh, still. That's lovely. Um, Everybody's on a path. So exactly. do continue. Again, How did we get from your being vegan to there being a billion vegans? So actually the the tipping point was I ordered the vegan shoes on Amazon and I got it and uh, long story short, I understood that uh, actually I talked with the manufacturer in China and apparently the glue was made out of uh, pig's bones. And he was very proud of, of, the, of that fact that it's much more resilient and strong and stuff. And that, that same day, I decided to start building business. And, I, and I'm an entrepreneur. I have, like, huge amount of ideas, like, every day. I have to sort through them. Every, like, three years, I'm starting something new with a lot of passion. And, and the thing is that until, like, a decade ago, my... My, my life, my religion, my passion, and my profession was technology. And over the last 10 years, I was 
getting away from technology because of business and investments and stuff. And so it's, 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 it's left some kind of a void in my soul, a, a place where I can direct my passion and my ability to do things, to take things from an abstract idea into practical company very, very fast. So at that point, I was really the, it, it was a great timing. I understood that this is what I should do in my life. And uh, I started to uh, do research. I understood that the veganism and the vegan community is growing really fast. And the gap between the need, the demand, and the supply is very big. And the ultimate thing is that you can't trust anything that is posted out there for vegan, plant-based, it's it's really a matter of trust. So I decided to start a company, and it took us a few months to actually build build the the, the platform, and then almost a year to bring on uh, sellers because it's very hard to bring sellers while there's no traffic, and you can't bring traffic while there's no sellers. But the good thing about it is that most of the sellers are vegan themselves, and they were very happy to to, to come on board and to align with the mission. So about uh, six months ago, we we launched, and we had about back then like 4,500 uh, products and about 200 sellers, and it's growing in like 500 uh, new products every month. Every product and seller we are doing, we are scrutinizing it and, and, and vegan certifying it, the ingredients, the process, everything about it. <clears throat> the, the sad truth is that more than 50% of the products that has the, la the, the label vegan on them are being rejected by us. Not necessarily because they're not vegan, because we have like um, um, a question mark, and if there is a doubt, there's no doubt from our perspective. We want to provide a place where everybody can buy everything, uh, including food, clothing, shoes, cosmetics, dog food, thing for the house, everything is vegan certified, and that is our premise, this is our mission. But that was, again, that was when I started. And uh, like any journey, it evolved really amazingly about the ethics, about our core values that we are trying to project about. We, I personally see it as a stage, as a platform to promote vegan businesses and whether it's products or services um, and to unite the community and to provide a lot of, of uh, content as well. You are talking about vegan dating. I think that, again, there's a huge amount of, uh, of uh, information out there, but we thought that it requires a trustworthy repository of information about veganism uh, and spawned from... Uh, was spent from uh, um, uh, health and food and sports and nutrition all the way to traveling, dating, a vegan pregnancy and vegan parenthood. And actually, I have a two-year-old son, and I'm uh, contemplating with the vegan aspect of it like every day. How do I mm -hmm. say to him that he can't eat things that his friends are eating? It's really, it's really a, a journey. And I like journeys. I'm a <laughs> runner. I like things that are evolve over time. And being an entrepreneur is a roller coaster. It's actually 
it's like like a like a like a bug i was uh, i was never an employee in my life i started my first company was i graduated from a university and since then i'm just starting companies investing in companies the 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 excitement the the adrenaline rush is something that i'm addicted to and one of my actually my oldest daughter which is now 26 she started to contemplate with being an entrepreneur herself and it's a hard life you have to be super resilient and and mission driven and optimistic and this is exactly what i bring to the table when i'm trying to serve my 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 community and i actually now devoting my life to it in many many aspects billion vegans is just one thing i do i do also uh, promoting investments in alternative protein and uh, vegan businesses i think that again my belief my strong belief if i may is that um once the alternatives going to be good enough the variety going to be large enough and the price is going to be drop going to be lower than the alternative aka meat and eggs and milk i think we're going to reach a tipping point in which at least the western hemisphere going to be vegan again not because of animal welfare or rights not because of sustainability which is super critical as well and not because even for for personal health but providing the population with alternatives that are healthier better taste quality and cheaper going to become the tipping point in which i think i believe strongly that uh, would make the world vegan and uh, i agree with i'm very you. optimistic well, as well you should be and i love how on billion vegans what one of your sections is called animal free meats and i thought what if for the past 49 years when people ask me so you don't eat meat and i'd say oh heavens no and then list everything else i don't eat to just say oh yeah but i only eat animal free meat <laughs> it kind of frames <laughs> it in a little bit of a different way are you vegan for 49 years no i'm vegan for 35 years vegetarian for 49 so yeah I, and I'm, I'm kind of ashamed that it took me so long to get to vegan but it was a long time ago and I was dealing with an eating disorder so it happened when it happened but from 1983 to this day vegan and I loved hearing about your two-year-old because I raised my daughter vegan and I found that taking her to visit animals we didn't have farm sanctuaries back then so we went to petting zoos which I realize is not something that I would want to support today but the fact that she got to know little lambs and goats and chickens when she was just a tiny tiny little thing there was no convincing needed so have fun with that little boy <laughs> that's going to be a great adventure still, the thing is the thing is that again that's i didn't know i didn't know anything about marketing until a year ago or a year and a half ago because i really didn't like marketing i thought that marketing is like a tool and in the wrong hands it's become a weapon and i think that conglomerates are pushing down our throat things and twist them in a way that the uh, a chicken or poultry is not a bird. It's 
it's like it's, it, they they they're very smart about detaching the thing on our on our plate from the animal. This is one of the things we have to to break and to surface. But the fact that you are vegan so, for so many years, it's amazing to me because one of the my dry again I I always been driven by vision that that pulls me ahead and by huge amount of frustration that pushes me from behind always <laughs> and now the frustration the embarrassment embarrassment of not being vegan for most of my life i feel i have to compensate on it and that's why i'm so driven and i'm envy you and what what made you vegan or vegetarian so long ago when it was totally uh, un, uh, unpopular? Yeah. Well, the first time I heard the word vegetarian, I was five years old, and I knew there was something there for me. So I don't know if it's reincarnation. I don't know what it is. I just hmm. know that that was a concept that appealed to me, even though I didn't really understand where meat came from. And then when I was 17, I started reading about yoga when it wasn't very popular. There were three books in the library and I read them over and over again. And they all suggested if you want to get serious about yoga, you need to be vegetarian. So I moved to London for school when I was 18 and it was easy to go vegetarian there because they had a long vegetarian history, a lot of restaurants and, and stores with food that vegetarians could eat. So that was pretty easy. I heard about veganism a few years later, and that that was tough for me. Not only was it really, really weird at, at that time, nobody even knew what it was. You certainly couldn't go into a coffee shop and get non-dairy milk for your coffee or anything like that. So it, it, it did take me a while. You know, I'd be vegan for weeks or months, and then I'd fall off the wagon and, and start back again. Terrible, terrible time because I wanted to be vegan. There's a line in the Alcoholics Anonymous book where they talk about alcoholics who are sober for a period of time and then they fall off the wagon and that they suffer. And this is a, quote, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. And that was what it was like for me when I fell off the vegan wagon. But eventually when I took care of my eating disorder, or I guess I need to say when the grace of God took care of my eating disorder, and I was able to make that choice, it was just so freeing. It was really like a, a weight was lifted. And it was the American Vegan Society that a lot of people don't even mm. know exists, and it still exists. It was founded in 1960, mm -hmm. which every time I Whoa. say that makes me think, oh my gosh. And those people held my hand till I could do it. Amazing. The thing is that the decision to become vegan, I think it one, one was one of my easiest decisions I ever made. It was so obvious. Again, then you start to walk on this path and try to, and again, for me, for the last two years, it was probably so much more easy than you had like 30 years ago. I, I really admire you. Again, you have to have really strong conviction to to go through it it's amazing and that's actually one of the things that again i don't think that meat eaters are bad many of them are sensitive like animals it's a different brain structure or a different 
structure of the soul that enable people to actually embrace the veganism. So one thing, I'm not judgmental at all, and, I, and until like six months ago, I was really very, I felt very uneasy to eat with people that eat meat or dairy in front of me. And it was, um, I, I was thought, thinking all the time about we're going to make, we're going to veganize the world vegan by vegan. And six months ago, about six months ago, I understood that this is not the way. First of all, all I have to let go. No judgment at all. No, again, my preferences, my, is not an issue here. The thing is to create something that is big enough that, again, this is one of the things that I really, really uh, believe in, that we don't have, we shouldn't push people into veganism. I think that the, the, the last two decades or three decades that we actually did that or the other, the, the, the pioneers of this movement did it, they did a phenomenal job because in order to get awareness, the only way is through what they did. But now we, get, we got into a situation where we have to, as I say, to bleach the vegan world. We have to make it so positive, so embracing, like some kind of an aura of health and success and happiness and accessibility and fun and affordability, of course, that will pull people in. I yes, think that I, I call that... People um, into veganism create a lot of antagonism and we have to let go and just let, let it be the new cool. That's actually our next campaign, veganism is the new cool. I saw that today on LinkedIn from you. So vegan is the new cool. I call what you're talking about aspirational activism, that certainly we can do everything else we want to do, carry signs and write letters and all these things, but just living a life where people want what you have is going to make them want to do what you do. Exactly. Exactly. So I have a I have a question. Uh, In a billion vegans, what is the standard? Because you know, sometimes people think that to be vegan, you just have to be perfect in every single way. So other than being vegan in terms of animal product free, are there other requirements for being a product on your site? The thing is, for me, veganism is is a bigger word. Again, it's, a, it's something I call, it's like I had to call it something. But for me, through the journey I've been through and I had like a major crisis six years ago and I was crushed and I was built from scratch again, which is amazing. For me, veganism is it's actually compassion, respect and responsibility for animals, for people and for earth. And the thing is, and this is how I live, live my life every single day. And you know, every single day I fail. It's amazing. It's a journey. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that you strive for. It's not something that you get to and it ends. Yes. So for me, veganism, again, is much wider. It's even, again, respect to people, which is something that many people and many vegans don't 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 take into consideration. So, but practic- practically, veganism is again anything that has no exploitation of 
anything from the animal kingdom and people's will. So actually one of the things we are trying to promote now in the, in the site is a label that says fair trade. And in the future, we want to understand every seller and every manufacturer, whether they treat their people as good as they should. So again, the, the, but, but we have to do it in small steps. We can't get everything in one day. And uh, so we started with practically the veganism, uh, the, the ingredients. We are looking of about every ingredient, ingredient, ingredient that there is. Even, for instance, for palm oil, we do allow palm oil, but only if we check that it didn't came from and it didn't hurt the orangutan uh, uh, population. We look into every ingredient and verify that it has nothing include including the ingredients and the processes that involve animals. That's for now. That's lovely. Later down the road, we're going to implement the sustainability, for instance, and we're going to do a campaign mm. that every seller that will start, uh, uh, that will change, transform his packaging to sustainable packaging, going to get incentives to do so, and so for fair trade. So for me, veganism is not the... Um, narrow description of what is vegan is what is not. It's about ethics. It's about, it's about truth. It's about giving the people all the information and let them decide whether they need it or not. For instance, just today I answered the question of one of our customers that said, that asked us about uh, wine and alcohol and if we're going to uh, sell alcohol through the site, although it's against some of the religions. Again, I'm super pro-individualism uh, um, and pluralism. Everybody should do exactly as he wants to do, with not coercing anybody. So, again, you should probably know that most wines are not vegan. They use, like, eggshells and stuff in it in the, in the processes. So we're going to provide and allow... A vegan wine on our site because we are not judgmental and we are not we are we will not um, direct people or try to uh, change their minds or coerce or anything. Everybody's and choice is super important. That's beautiful. You are the kind of vegan that is going to make a billion vegans. So, listeners, the site is billionvegans.com. There's not a one in front of it. There's nothing in front of it. It's billion vegans, like 10 cents. And it's billion vegans on Facebook and Instagram. Find these people, find these products, bring them into your lives. This is so, so important. And I, I'm just thrilled to pieces that we have met <laughs> this way. And I look forward to meeting you um, for real and in person and learning more about the magnificent work that you do. Everybody else, stay with us privilege. through these messages because when we come back, we are going to be dating who? A bunch of cool vegans. Why not? All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Healing is the experience in our life of coming out of the darkness into the light, getting out of the confusion of human consciousness into the allness which is always present. But the allness of infinite life is present even within the illness. So God is not a healer. He doesn't look down upon you and say, well, you're sick, but you're a good person and I like you very much, so I'm going to take this illness away from you. God doesn't take illness away from anybody, nor does God put illness into anyone, which belies a lot of traditional religious thought, too. We talk about, well, suffered to be so, it's God's will, and I guess it's my place to accept it. The will of God must always be the ceaseless longing of the Creator to express itself in that which has created. So it's a constancy, it's a force which is ever seeking to press itself out into visibility as life, as wholeness, as success. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. Discover the path to wealth with Mae McCarthy, May 17th to 19th at the Art of Living Retreat Center in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. Mae will share her seven-step daily practice to achieve goals in every area of your life, including your finances, career, and relationships. A best-selling author, angel investor, and entrepreneur, Mae has been building highly successful businesses for over 35 years. You can achieve your dreams. Go to artoflivingretreatcenter.org to find out more. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Take a trip with Rev. Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back, everybody. I just wanted to let you know some of the things that are going on over in the world of Main Street Vegan before we proceed into the actual tempe of the second half of the program. If you go to MainStreetVegan.net and you click on Film or A Prayer for Compassion, you will see some of the many cities where the wonderful film from Thomas Wade Jackson, A Prayer for Compassion, is screening 
all around uh, the United States and some other parts of the world. So if you happen to be in Phoenix or Atlanta or Indianapolis or Youngstown, Ohio or Spokane, Washington or Kansas City, or if you're outside the US and you're in Perth, Western Australia or London, we're gonna have wonderful Australia and UK first showings in all of these places in May. In fact, Thomas Jackson and I will both be in London for their wonderful premiere at a great theater in Leicester Square. So do check out those listings. If you can make it, please join us. And if you don't see your city or your town or wherever you happen to be, just let us know because you can do a screening yourself. We have been selected by vegfund.org as one of their official films. So if you meet the qualifications, uh, Veg Fund covers the licensing fee, and you can do a lovely event in your area. If that's of interest, just send an email to thecompassionprojectfilm at gmail.com. And while, you're, while you are over there at MainStreetVegan.net, do check out the blog, which is from Cindy Thompson. Main Street Vegan Certified Vegan Lifestyle Coach and Educator, and she's written about vegan wine tasting in the Napa Valley. Now, you know what that sounds like to me. That sounds like a just lovely extended date. Sounds nice? Well, we're just going to seg right in to our topic of the second half of the program today, which is dating vegan dating specifically, I'm going to be speaking with Karen Charbonneau. She is the owner of Find Veg Love. She's been vegan for 13 years, and she's a relationship builder, a connector of people, and she is so, oh, oh, passionate about bringing veg singles together. Through her veg speed date events, there have been close to 5,000 matches, whoa, since February of 2017. She's done events in over 100 cities, and guess what? She loves her work. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, Victoria. Well, it's so so much fun to have you here because what you're about is is fun and, and connection and making sure that people who are vegan are not, quote, giving up anything. You know, so often we hear it's like, oh, you just give up so much. No, we don't give up anything. We have so many blessings in our lives, and one of them ought to be a great relationship. So where does Find Veg Love come in? I totally agree with that. So basically how it started is... Back in 2011, I was living in California and I had a bunch of friends who were saying that they could not find any vegan men in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I said, that's crazy. They have to be out there. I'm going to find them for you. And I had never planned a speed dating event before. I had planned all kinds of other events like film festivals and conferences and weddings, all kinds of stuff, all vegan, by the way. And I thought, hey, a speed dating event could be really fun. So I had to do my research because I had no idea what what I was getting myself into. And so I planned the very first event in Berkeley, and it was amazing. I even had a couple who met at my very first event and got married about three years later. 
So it just became like people loved it so much that I decided to to do it every three around every three months or so. And it was it just started building more and more. And then just three years ago, I decided, you know what, I love doing these events so much. There's so much potential. I really see the need for these types of events for vegans and vegetarians to be able to find each other. So I'm going to do these events across North America. So it really just started out with an idea. Um, I didn't know, you know, what I was getting myself into, but it's it's been an amazing journey. I have met so many incredible people through my work uh, personally, you know, I've made a bunch of new friends and really what keeps me going is hearing these, these stories from people um, that, you know, in, in cities that are very vegan friendly, but they still say that they don't even have that many vegan friends, which is always surprising to me. So even though you can live in a big city, it, you don't necessarily have that network of friends. So for me, I really want to show people that as a vegan you don't have to go through your journey and through life alone, right? You can make Aww. new friends. You can make that romantic connection with someone. So it is it is possible if that is truly what you're looking for and what's really important to you. So that that's what keeps me going. The amazing stories that I hear from people just, you know, that truly, you know, need this in their lives. And it's, it's making a positive impact in their lives. So that's that's my motivation. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about vegan dating in general. What do you hear from people? Are most vegans dating non-vegans and hoping for the best? Are people holding out for other vegans? What does the vegan dating scene look like right now? Right. So I hear a lot of stories and, and that's part of my, that's part of what's fun also about my work is so for some people, they have tried dating non-vegans simply because they couldn't find any other vegans in their city. Because nowadays, a lot of people do online dating, right? And the big mainstream online dating apps, they don't, you're not able to search by, uh, by whether or not someone is vegan, right? So the chances, if you are doing the online dating, the chances of finding someone who is vegetarian or vegan is very, very difficult. Um, so people, you know, just have been forced, um, you know, they, they haven't had many options. So, you know, online dating works for some people. It doesn't for some others. I have some people who have told me they've tried it. It just, they could not find anyone um, that was vegan. Uh, they had, you know, terrible experiences. And it's very time consuming. And I feel like people are so attached to their electronics and just to, you know, the whole to internet and like that, that, that kind of thing in general. So for me, I really want to offer something that, so I want people to make real connections in person and to not really just be judging someone by by a picture right i want people to come out i want them to meet people face to face and see if there's an initial um connections and it's i always tell people when they're at, when they're at these events don't sit down across from someone and and think do i want to marry this person it's really just 
do I want to continue the conversation, right? And what happens with, uh, with online dating as well is that it's very time-consuming, right? Because you're going and meeting multiple different people. And if you're on a date with someone that you don't like, you can't, like, okay, maybe some people would leave after five minutes, but you can't. It's not really right to do that, right? So you're kind of, like, stuck with that person versus with speed dating, you really only have to talk to the person for five minutes. So I, I find that really um, kind of like a good way to put things in perspective, right? But yeah, the, the people that are coming to, to these events, they are really, you know, finding a partner that's vegetarian or vegan is very, very important for them. Some people, it's an absolute uh, deal breaker. They will not, uh, they will not compromise on that whatsoever. Um, and I hear of other people that, you know, they, they have been in relationships with non, non-vegans and they have, their partners have become vegan because of them, right? So there is, it works for some, doesn't work for everyone. So it's basically just what, what's important to you, what, you know, what your values are and ultimately what will make you happy. So explain to me a little bit about speed dating. I'm trying to think back over 20 years ago when I was single. I think I did speed dating once, or maybe it was speed networking for business. I can't remember. I just remember it was really (laughs) fast. So are there some kind of tips for doing this successfully and really being able to get the information that you want from another human being in, well, really two and a half minutes if you're going to give them the other two and a half? (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. So basically, um, how it works is you arrive at the event, there is about 20 minutes of mingling. So the reason why I do that is I use that opportunity as an icebreaker. So I encourage people to talk to each other, talk to the men and just so that you're getting more comfortable, right? Because a lot of people are nervous going into this, they're not quite sure what to expect. So I really structured these events with all of that in mind, and I try to make it, um, you know, an, an enjoyable process as much as I can. And I actually provide conversation starters. So some people use them, some don't. But basically, they it's just a little card and it has questions on it. So during the five minutes, if you're stuck and you're not quite sure what to say, then you can just use that card, right? So that's kind of like a fun, a fun thing that you can do. But yes, five minutes goes by very, very fast, especially if you're connecting really well with a person, you don't want the conversation to end. Um, so, but sometimes if you're not connecting with a person, five minutes can seem long. So that's <laughs> why I only do five minutes. I think five minutes is just like the perfect in between. And again, you're only trying to figure out, do I want to see this person again? Yes or no. But what's actually, uh, what's different about my events is that about a year ago, I introduced uh, a friendship option. So now you can select someone for friendship or for dating. And people love that because what happens is naturally in the process, you do make friends. And I actually just hosted two events uh, this weekend, one in Montreal and one in Ottawa. I'm exhausted, (laughs) but it was amazing because I love to see these events personally um, and get to experience it all, right? 
And yeah, people just make friends. You see the men talking to each other, the women talking to each other. And oftentimes at the end of the event, people will stick around and have dinner together. So that that's amazing to me. Oh, that's so nice. Because I think one of the things that happens, even with vegan friendships, people will set you up with another vegan, even just to be a friend, assuming that, well, you're vegan, they're vegan, you guys are going to be best of, of buddies. I remember that happened to me once several years ago, a really great friend from my hometown set me up with somebody here in New York. And, and this woman suggested that the first thing that we do is go to the Russian and Turkish baths, which is this really iconic place in New York City that I don't think has been remodeled since it was what founded in 1894. And so, so we meet like naked, which is unusual. And then when we went to lunch later, I found out she's not really vegan. She's a kind of raw fooder that will eat raw meat. And I'm thinking, you know, it was a well-meaning setup, <laughs> but not necessarily going to work. So it's really cool that you're, you're providing this, this friend option as well. So when people come to these things, Karen, do they know about each person beforehand? Do you get us, you know, do you say this is a, you know, this person is a, a, a doctor and he's an atheist and he's really close to his family? Or do, is it just like, I don't know anything, but there you are? Yeah, you, I try to be as different as I can from all the online dating apps and websites. Uh -huh. And you do not know anything about the people. That's all part of the fun. You really think of it as like 10 to 15 mini blind dates. So it's, you don't get to see the, the person's picture or anything like that. So yes, you're really going into their blind and there seems to be, in the regular vegan world, so many more women than men. So for people who are heterosexual and vegan, that it just seems to be there, there's not equity in that way. So what do you do with these events? Do you always end up with way more women? So I'm really glad you asked because that is the most common um, uh, idea uh, of what of what it's like and yes in some cities there may be more uh, vegan women than men however at my events at every single event and I've done events in over a hundred cities I have always been able to get an equal number of men and women or pretty close to it so that's how my events are really different than, uh, than even regular speed dating events. I work super, super hard to get that balance. And a couple of times in some cities, um, I wasn't able to, to get it right. And it wasn't, it wasn't because there weren't enough men in that city. It was just, you know, for a number of other reasons, like they couldn't make it that date or whatever. Because in, in all the events that I do, like I said, I always have those equal numbers, which is amazing, amazing. And even in some cities, sometimes I have more men than women. So wow. the, the events, yeah, I know. And so that's why, like, that's also really, really fun to me because I'm like proving that it's, it's not, you know, vegan men are not a myth. <laughs> like they do exist and I do find them. Um, wow, so, yeah, that's a good tweet yeah. for you, Karen. Vegan men are yeah. not a myth. 
Yeah, I actually, I, I'm working on getting uh, shirts made with a uh, unicorn and saying vegan men are not unicorns. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so that, yeah. that would be very helpful, I think, for, for a lot of, of vegan women. So you have uh, something exciting starting the 1st of May. Tell us what that's about. Yes, I am doing the first ever online summit dedicated to all things related to veg, dating, love, and relationships. So I will be um, having a series of interviews with coaches, doctors, authors, chefs, a number of different people. They are all going to be speaking about a, about a different topic, but again, all related to love, dating, and relationships. And it's completely free. Again, I do this for the vegan community to try to help people through this, this journey of, of finding that special someone because I know how hard it is. So I'm providing yeah, all of this for free. All you need to do is sign up. And um, it's, it's going to be from May 1st to May 7th. And then you'll get to watch the videos uh, on the website. Cool. So we can find out about that at findveglove.com? Yeah, you can go to findveglove.com forward slash VLW. So for Veg Love Week. VLW. Oh, that sounds fun. And those of us who have already found romantic <laughs> love can just spread the love for animals and people and all beings, which is kind of really um, what we're about anyway. Of course, because because it's such it's so challenging. Challenging. People think that these events are easy for me to put on because it's only twenty to thirty people. But I assure you, it is not the case. I spend many, many, many hours on each and every event in order to find these uh, these people to attend. So yeah, I put in a lot of work and word of mouth is extremely um, important to me. So yes, if you're listening and you're not single, but you know of singles, uh, please let them know. So do you do any vetting of these people at any kind of background check or, or is that pretty much up to the people who attend to make sure everybody's a good person? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's not really something that I have the capability of of doing. It's just me running this entire company by myself. Uh, it's it's definitely a work of love. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I'm sure it is. Yeah, so I just yeah. I want to clarify one thing in the introduction, Karen. We said that there have been close to five thousand matches in just a little bit over two years. So what do you mean by matches? Yes. So when you're at the event, uh, I actually have this, this neat uh, electronic, electronic match form. So you have all the names of the people there, the men and the women. While you're speed dating with someone, if you like them, so you either choose friendship or dating, if they also select your name, that is considered a match. So I don't personally match people up together based on anything. It's all based on everyone's selection. Okay. So I just wanted to event, be really clear to, for, yes. for our, our um, yes. you know, listeners that they're not thinking we're talking 5,000 marriages. We're talking about 5,000 people with something no. to build on and it goes from there. 
So, Karen, Correct. for people who, who, I mean, anybody obviously can can access the uh, uh, Veg Love Week um, online program. But for those who aren't uh, around a city where you are doing an event in the near future, can you just give us some general tips? You know, somebody's a vegan and they're somewhere and they don't know many other vegans or maybe they know all the other vegans or think they do in town and there's just no chemistry with anybody. What do you tell them? Well, there are actually, uh, if you go on meetup.com, there are so many um, vegan events happening there. There's potlucks, there's uh, social gatherings. So all there, there really is a lot going on, and even in small cities, surprisingly. Um, so I would suggest, yeah, go on meetup.com, see what's going on in your city. Um, ask, you know, ask people if, if they know anyone. Uh, you know, there there is something to be said about, you know, finding someone just the good old-fashioned way, like at the grocery store, right? <laughs> I've, like, seen these funny memes of people saying, oh, I saw a guy and he had, like, vegan cheese in his cart. So, like, I started drooling and I... <laughs> right? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But you have to put yourself out there. You have to, you know, have, have that, that open mind mind frame and just be positive and i truly believe that you know things do happen for a reason and that you'll you'll find that special someone eventually when when it's the right time and you know in that you're the right uh, stage in your life oh you have the matchmaker's attitude <laughs> so karen for, for somebody who maybe is already matched and their partner is just not doing the vegan thing. Any words of wisdom for these folks? Yeah, I've, my, my personal philosophy has always been that you can't change people. They have to be willing to change themselves. So if it's just not working for you, I mean, you can't, you can't force things, right? So you have to just be true to yourself and know what's important for you and, and stick to that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I feel so bad for people that, you know, who have partners who expect there to be meat in their home and, and things like that. Uh, it takes a, a lot of courage sometimes to, to be a vegan. So um, oh, I also, sure. I, I want to ask you about first impressions. And certainly with speed dating, I would think first impressions are a great big deal so do you want to get all dressed up and look better than you have in two years? You just kind of want to come and be yourself and be comfortable. <laughs> how, how does one prep for speed dating? So I always say that you always have to be true to yourself. Never pretend to be someone that you are not. However, you know, even if you, let's say, work from home like me and, you know, just wear like, you know, leggings or yoga clothes, <laughs> You wouldn't necessarily want to dress like that when you go out and you are trying to make a good first impression, right? So you do want to make an effort, and there is something to be said about feeling good in your outfit, right? So we all know when we put something good on that we that we think we look good in, it really changes your whole body language. And so just, you know, be yourself, wear something that's comfortable, but that you do feel really great in. Mm. How about message wear? <laughs> If you're going to vegan speed dating. 
I mean, well, that's this is the beauty of it, right? You're going to these events and everybody there is vegetarian or vegan. So that's not even an issue, right? That's already, you know, that that's out of the way and you can focus on the rest of the of the stuff. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> this is something, you know, this really is a, a heart work for you. I can just tell your enthusiasm is, is absolutely infectious. And I know that you're helping a lot of people get closer to finding their own true love and meeting some really cool people in the meantime. So everybody, the website, find Veg Love. And if you're interested in the wonderful Telesummit starting May 1st, Go to findveglove.com slash VLW for Vegan Love Week. Karen's wonderful work is on Facebook at Veg Speed Date and also on Twitter and Instagram at Veg Speed Date. Pretty easy, huh? And pretty fun. I certainly think so. And you know what happens? What did they used to say? First comes love, then comes marriage, and then you come with the baby carriage. So on next week's program, we're going to be talking with Holly Roberts, MD, who wrote Your Vegetarian Pregnancy, and with Susan Hargreaves of Animal Hero Kids. So your kids can go out and do something heroic after you've had them. It's going to be fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's program. Thanks to both of our guests and to Unity Online Radio and our wonderful engineers, Louie and Jeff. To each and every one of you, it means so much that you're part of the Main Street Vegan family. God bless you and um, eat your veggies. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.